Hello. Oh, hello, Marlon. Good morning, Dan. How are you today? I am doing good. Are the bits uh, the bits flowing? It's the optimistic day. <laughs> Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Yeah, it is Tuesday. It's, uh, you know, we rarely record on not Tuesdays, perhaps, you know, uh, out of uh, an abundance of uh, superstition, because we know it's the optimistic day. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't want to do it on a different day than that. No, no, that wouldn't feel right. Um, and you're, do- you're doing good there, right? Yeah. I think everything is solid here. Your, your bits are flowing? Yeah, the bandwidth is solid, and the internet is, uh, knock on wood, doing good. <clears throat> knock on wood. Yep, 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 yep. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I don't want to get sued. Um, so, uh, you know, I have I have a few things here. Uh, do, do you have any things? I, I, I didn't really, this is one of those great ones, because I, I prepared, but just barely. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. I did a, kind of an alley-oop to myself. Uh-huh. I just go, whoop. Yep, 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 just looking basketball. Well, that's nice. Uh, I got some follow-up. I got some continuations. I have some uh, uh, Kung Fu questions, Shin Godzilla content. Mm. Uh, I want to talk about my COVID links. Uh, I w- if you're into it, I would love to talk more about your journey with the Kindle. Yes, we can and do then, that. Course, and and, and I promise, well, Merlin, if we do that, it'll be actually be interesting. Why would you promise that, Dan? Because I feel confident about that topic. And I think sometimes people hear a thing like that, and that kind of has the ring of, let's talk about keyboards. And, hmm. um, oh, and I, I would like to talk about keyboards. Oh, what about Markdown? Can we talk about Markdown, Dan? We could talk about, you know, the evolution of Markdown, compare it to textile and all of that stuff. Well, you know what? Let's do this. Let's start, I'm going to say. <laughs> like in a 10-part series. Six, I, seven, a 14-part series <laughs> on whether you use asterisks or underscores uh, and how many. Right, right. You know, spaces or tabs, GIF or GIF. Everybody cares so much about everything. Mm-hmm. Kindle, don't, don't act like it's boring fascinating i'm, I'm gonna blow your mind i'm gonna twist your melon this week because last week i talked about some sami's dot off the record kindle stuff and mm-hmm. this week my two tips such as they are it's always two tips with me mm-hmm. whoa i uh i want to talk about a couple official kindle things that i think are are, are are i don't know if they're best practices they're above average practices type. okay all right okay <clears throat> And we got, uh, we got uh, Firewalla, Dan's router, the things I've learned from my Roomba. I'm starting to do, uh, uh, I think in, uh, in, in, in taxes, they call it carry forward, like uh, the, the, the double paid interest. Uh, I, I just keep moving some topics from week to week in case they ever come up. And they, they accumulate. It's cumulative, like organic chemistry. I see. <clears throat> so there's all of that. I got a lot of lines here, let's be honest. But we can start wherever you want. I... Um... Should we talk about Shin Godzilla and Kung Fu movies? I want to. I I, I want to do that later. Okay, I want to do fine. that next week because I want to. I want. I'm going to be rewatching Shin Godzilla. Sometime we should tell you it's, it's be- way better than I expected. I'm glad that you thought so. Did, it's where did I watch that, Dan? I had to go to backs of mini trucks, and I feel like eventually, I feel like I bought it on iTunes. It was not. It's not on HBO Max. Is that correct? It is not on HBO Max. I think I bought it from iTunes is where I eventually landed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was not what I expected. So we'll talk about that more next week. Yes, I want to take Maybe that's homework. Week's. Maybe that's homework. Go buy and watch Shin Godzilla. Well, um, Moises provided me with a list of the must-see Godzilla films. Can I get a can I get a hard copy of that? Yes, I was just going to say where you sent me that thing with the list on the site of the Kung Fu's. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I sent you, I made a uh, very quick list of, boy, this is a mess. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I don't use Letterboxd for m- 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 much. I use it to stalk people I like and see what movies they recommend. I'm always up for a Jamel Bowie or a David Sims or a, you know, or a Dan McCoy. But then it's also, uh, Letterboxd is, I, I don't know, it's a really good site. It's you Because you can go in and it's sort of like, how do you describe it? You track the movies you want to watch. It's one of those rare sites that has a functionality for oneself, but where I think there is a social or connectivity sort of benefit. So like, I, I, I love Dan McCoy's movie reviews, Dan from the flop house. He's the head flopper there. And, uh, or like, like I say, Jamel Bowie, he's the best David Sims. You find people who have some kind of like, you know how it works, Dan, where you find somebody whose taste is a lot like yours and they become a good bellwether for whether you'll like something mm-hmm. or you find somebody whose taste is like the opposite of yours and it has the same effect because you're like, hmm, they hated that. I should check that out. But it's also a great way to just make little lists. 
I started out making a text file. Then I thought, no, I should make a notes file. And then I thought, no, you dummy, why don't you just go make a list? So we'll put it in notes again this week. I made a letterbox D list. You know, Dan, when you make a list, when you make a list, for example, the Kung Fu movies Dan might like Mm -hmm. or similar, God bless everybody. You get a lot of people who are saying, you forgot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What about? Now, now I'm I'm not angry here. No. Don't I sound even? I sound even tempered, don't I? You sound calm. Okay, calmer than you are. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing about a list. A list is not everything. It's it can't not. be everything. No, no, no. In order for a list to be useful, it needs to be shorter than you think, not longer than you think. If you hand somebody a list, especially if it's about something, if you hand somebody a list of 35 movies they've never seen, that's going to be better than a list of 7,000 movies they've never seen, but still not quite as useful as a movie of as a list of six movies they haven't seen. Right. So then what you do is you say, here's these six movies. And if you're really cool and you're a good friend, I'm not that good of a friend to you because I didn't do this. You can say, here's why I think you'll like this. Or here's why I put that on there. No, I, I didn't forget Enter the Dragon. Everybody knows Enter the Dragon. Oh, and even if you don't, what I'm trying to say is this is for Dan. Dan, I think Dan would like Hero. I think you already have liked Heroes. Yeah, correct? yeah, I love that movie. Amazing. But I'm just here to say anybody out there, there's a movie called Dirty Ho. And I can really super highly recommend Dirty Ho to everybody. I would actually maybe put that high on the list. It's mm. absolutely amazing. Letterbox D. Dan, where would people find it? Well, I'm, I'm stalling right here so I can re-add it to show notes. Dan, Dan, where would people find show notes for episode 527 of your uh, Back to Work program? I think it's uh, backtowork.limo slash 527. 527. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm right, right now I have created an account Ooh, cool. on, <clears throat> on Letterboxd and I'm making, I'm pasting the names of the Godzilla films into. You can just clone my list. Uh, you already put them in the Godzilla yeah. films. Oh, sh- I'm so sorry. I apologize. No, no, I, 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 I concatenated my, uh, my franchises. All right. Well, I'm putting these. Isn't in that a cool site? Then, Isn't it kind of a pretty yeah, kind of easy really to use? Okay. Site? I think that I've done this. I think this is done. Okay. Okay. And then um, it looks like this is done. So now I do. I share it. Do I post it? Do I add a link? I think that's. Uh, uh, how do I know? Kung Fu movies for Dan. So you go and you do it, and then when you do save list. it, you can oh. make it public or private. Okay, I did that. I'm going to send it to you. If you approve, I'll add it to our show notes. And then I already the, approve. I don't need sight unseen, even, Dan. You know, I need a reason. I don't even need a reason. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cinderella boy, tears in his eyes. I guess. I guess. All right. God, there it goes. What a hard show this is to follow. For like a new, for like a new person. Yeah, I reckon so. See, now I'm getting the sorry something went wrong again. I yeah, don't I got. Know why? I don't know what's happening. I happened. think you got to restart your web, Rick. All right, I'll do it. Is it actually a very small man named Rick who handles the web? Yeah, it doesn't like those links for some reason. I'm having to paste I it might, in I might have just made a Rails joke, I think. Didn't you used to be called Webrick? Didn't you have to go restart your Webrick? A long time ago. Okay, so let uh-huh. me just give people a quick rundown of what these films are in case they don't Do want it. to go to the website. Uh, but oh. I, I think it's, yeah. Godzilla, the original, you know, the 19... Uh, pretty the, much every list. I went and did my own due diligence on this. Pretty much every list of Godzilla films that's always on top. You know, and it makes sense because it is the beginning. It is the important one. But, like, I don't... I want people to examine that the way that if you were if you were an archaeologist or an archaeologist, mm. as, as you say... Okay. And you were you were digging something up from an ancient civilization, and it let's say oh, it was a let's say it was a knife. You wouldn't Ooh. look at the knife and say, "We got so much better knives now." I mean, look at what we got. We got carbon fiber. Oh, we right. got. You're not going to say that. You're going to say, "Wow, look at this knife that they made a thousand, two thousand, five thousand years if ago." If you were going through your attic and found a what's called a difference engine, like you go, "What is this? Some kind of crazy pachinko?" Right. And you go, "Like, but no, this isn't as good as my Mac." But like, yeah, I'd sure love to spend some time with that. But I totally agree with you. It's Context, the same way man. with with that movie because this was a movie that really was about um, was about the you know nuclear war. It was really about atomic bombs. It was really this is, about this is a country that had been bombed with two different nuclear devices. Mm-hmm. I think within a week of each other mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. What? How many? Like nine years earlier. Mm-hmm. And this was yeah. very much a response 
to that and a kind of a culmination of the, I mean, it's a very depressing movie. It's a very dark movie. It's, you know, yeah, there's a guy in a rubber suit in it, but it, that's a representation of it. And in the same way that we can look at something like, um, the original sort of monster movies, like, um, you know, like Frankenstein or those where we look at them now and they're, they're comical now at best they're comical. This doesn't quite fall into the comical category, but it's not like a movie that you're going to go to and say, whoa, that blew me away. It was awesome. Let's watch it again. It's more like, here's how this story kind of began. And, and so I think it's worth seeing, especially if you haven't seen it, um, you know, going into it, you're going, there's, there's a lot, it's more, it's more almost like can be viewed in a way as a commentary on that time period, as well as the start of these movies. Something I know is true with kids. This is true when I was a kid. It's true with my kid. I mean, for example, we've all run into younger people who are like, they just can't watch black and white movies because it seems so, you know, it seems so archaic and boring. Or in this instance, I mean, this is even true with Shin Godzilla, although you got to give it a chance because there's some stuff that happens in this. Um, Is that you watch and go, oh, this is so cheap or this is so whatever. And, you know, I don't think we should be chiding people for not fully appreciating the context. But something people have said for a long time that I believe to be true there's a phrase we used to use here in the 80s, which is um, the time to worry about nuclear war is when people stop talking about nuclear war. Mm. Meaning, like, if there's something in your life, maybe in your personal relationships, your career, if there's something that is so upsetting to you that you don't even talk about it, and then you try not to think about it, that's an interesting, it's a bummer, but that's an interesting thing, because... In that case, you may find yourself unconsciously even sort of sublimating that fear and anxiety in other ways. And I know I'm. this is something people have been saying for 50 years, but yeah, Godzilla movies are not about the rubber suits. It's, it's about this country <clears throat> that had developed very quickly and then got totally bombed and a bunch of people died and a bunch of people got really sick mm-hmm. and it was really, really terrible. And so, but you see this play out in all kinds of different things. There's some kinds, a lot of people say that monster movies some, maybe not the universal ones. I think the universal ones a lot are a lot about sex. I think it's a lot about, like, to me, um, Bela Lugosi's Dracula is way more about, like, or, or even, God, just think about so many movies, obviously something like M, but, like, movies in the 20s, 30s, 40s are really, they become about sex and repression. And then there's a lot of movies, the later monster movies are a lot, really, it sounds weird, but about fear of communism, about fear of otherness, Right. And then you see that in every generation, especially in genre movies. Genre, how can I put this? Genre movies become the only publicly wide, widespread, you know, mainstream, acceptable way to talk about topics that are not okay to talk about per right. se. Right, yes, absolutely. And so in 1962, a comic comes out about these mutant teenagers that's really, that from the beginning, is kind of about um, discrimination and racism. And then later on, that's X-Men. Mm-hmm. Later on, X-Men becomes also very much, I feel like, I mean, this is played out, you know, <laughs> actually played out in uh, the second X-Men movie. It's about homophobia and a lot of, it's about the fear of others. You know, a lot of the people, and then I'm going to close with this, but people like Jack Kirby, pe- people like all those, all those classic guys in the bullpen back in the day People like Jack Kirby, you know, full on New York Jewish guys who were World War II veterans and like talking about basically anti-Semitism in, in so many of the Marvel comics. Now, would you put out a 60s comic about anti-Semitism? You, you, you can't really, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And but that's but like a lot of people have talked about this. It took a bunch of middle aged Jewish guys <laughs> to draw things that would make that a conversation that we could begin to have that we didn't know we were having at the time. And I think that's very much what goes on in the in the rubber suit movies. Yeah, that's a really, really great way to say it. I couldn't I couldn't possibly agree more. And I think as you watch these, you know, there there are it's interesting. Well, I'll. I'll OK, I'll say this first. Um the movies are very different to me as an adult and a, uh, you know, like watching them with my 13 year old son, very different from the way that I remembered them being when I was, you know, and I mean, I was watching these at single digit ages, really. Um, you know, especially the ones that were out in like the sixties, 
I remember those very early 70s. I remember those movies very, very vividly. And they seemed to have, and I remember when I showed my son Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Mm -hmm. having watched that, you know, as a teenager and really feeling like that movie just, that was it. That movie had had everything in it. Anything that could have happened, it was in the movie. And it was this expansive, big movie where they did so many things and had such a, you know, it the was twist and shout. Yeah. And, you it know, was like everything. Shane, it's like, it's so such big set pieces. And then watching it as an adult, I realized that like, this is a cute movie about a couple few teenagers skipping school and yeah. they have fun and they have some little adventures, but it's, it's a small movie. It's not, I wouldn't even put it in the category of like a caper movie or eyes movie. It's, it has that feel to it in some ways, but it's, it's cute and it was quaint and I loved it watching it as an adult. I felt different things about it than I felt watching it. And I asked my son at the end, I was like, did that movie feel big? And he said, it had everything. It was the biggest movie ever. It was like, you know, it, it was, it, they did everything. And so watching these Godzilla films, it's very, very different because you know, you realize after the second or third one, you're like, okay, there's very much a formula to these and there's a certain kind of humor and you know what to expect. And the big battle is only in the last 10 minutes of the movie and everything else, but I'm enjoying them for a completely different way. Now, my son, he's very into watching these things with me now as liking them as much as I am, but there's so many times in it when the effect that they do, that they're using is so ridiculous and yeah. it's not just that it's low budget it's it's there's something it's, it's ab- like watching like turkish spider-man yeah but but it like makes just crazy them- like where they're scratching sometimes a little like scratching on the film to make like a, a laser beam or something and it has no relationship <laughs> to what's happening in frame you know that there's kind of things thing. like that but they're they, instead of taking away from the movie they make both of us like it better. Like I love, yeah. I love that. And it's like, you can really watch it and really enjoy it. And it's just fun. They're just there. You can have fun and the movies are fun. And it's kind of weird because you can't really tell if the people in the movies are taking it seriously. Like if you've ever seen Transylvania six, 5,000, not the Bugs Bunny cartoon, but the movie with Jeff Goldblum and a handful of other people in it, um, real good actors <clears throat> in it. Uh, if if you watch this movie, you know that the people in the movie, it's not like they're sitting there thinking, this movie's a piece of crap. What am I here for? They're like, right. this is absurd and I'm going for it. Like I'm, like I'm I, or like just, going just for something it. Like we're like, I, I know there's a phrase that comes up in our house a lot, mainly from me, which is that movie's pretty good, but this actor's in a different movie. Like they don't understand <laughs> what movie they're in. I think another right. example of that might be Mars Attacks. Oh, which yes. Which is kind of deliberately campy and and- Boy, I hope you know, and I hope you're having fun with it. Yes. But, you know, you can also look at, like, Peter Peter Cushing, the wonderful Peter Cushing. So many good stories about Peter Cushing um, during Star Wars. He's apparently a very cool guy. But Peter Cushing and Alec Guinness were both like, what is this? <laughs> yes. I mean, w- what is this dialogue? What I mean, even setting aside George is very difficult, like, impossible to say dialogue. It's just like Peter, but Peter Cushing just showed up on the day and got in, got in there and did his bit and made this, you know, very memorable role. But in that case, he had to know what movie. I mean, he was in the Hammer movies. You know, I mean, he, he's been in some pretty silly movies. And you know what else I noticed as I'm watching these Godzilla films is they there are many actors in these films who will come back in the next Godzilla film, the one immediately following it, as a different character. Oh, how funny! You know, so in one, yeah, I he's just like I just the, got back into. I just I grabbed a whole bunch of uh, the original Ultraman, and I've been watching that. Mm-hmm. And there's a similar thing going on there, where the company, the production company, there was a show that preceded. I think it's called. Ultra Q. Yeah, I've heard about it. Precedes, yeah, the Precedes Ultraman that mm-hmm. has that same, the cute girl, Akiko or whatever her name mm-hmm. is, is in it. But like, yeah, I think it's a similar thing. It's sort of like in the mo- in the 60s, if you weren't paying attention, you didn't realize how many movies Dennis Hopper and Jack Nicholson are in. <laughs> I know. Just, it's so, once you know about it and you know like they're behind the camera roles in But the they're movies, different, like, but they're different movies. These are all, got. They, what's weird about this is these are all ca- Godzilla same films. Same actor, different characters. Right. Like in one episode, in one movie, he is the police chief. <laughs> in the next movie, he's like a scientist. And in the next movie, he's like a father. Like it's, it's just weird hmm. because it's, but Godzilla is the same. And the yeah. other, and, and here's, an, and, and to make this more confusing, there's one actress who's in like two or three of the films as the same character. That's confusing. So that's, that makes it confusing because like when the guy shows up and they even do a kind of a, 
like when the character introduced, like there's a character introductory scene. That's a very a kind of Godzilla Japanese ish thing to like show the character showing up in a, in a cute way. And here he is. And, but he's the same actor that was like the bad guy in the other film. So it's hard to keep. Yeah, track. I feel like they should tell you about that. That's very confusing. <laughs> well, the, so the next movie would be, um, Mothra versus Godzilla. Very classic movie that I vividly remembered almost all of that movie. And I probably hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Ghidorah, the three. Or now, do you say Ghidorah or do you say Ghidorah? I don't know. I did. I did grab that movie. I have not watched it yet. Okay. I, I took. I found it. I went and grabbed as many of the. Well, not a ton, but a bunch of. Because you know, I need more genre movies in my life. I need to just fill my plex with kung fu and rubber suits. These um, movies, yeah, for the supposed, most part, that's supposed part, to be a very good one. The three-headed one is supposed to be really good. That, that is that's a good like one. That's like sixty-four. I want to say uh, that one would be. Let me tell you, sixty-four. Correct. Then there's Invasion of Astro Monster, 1965. Not not the best. Um, Ibira, Horror of the Deep. There's a lot of fun in that one. There are several scenes where, well, I will say Invasion of Astro Monster is nice because a lot of it takes, or some of it takes place on a, a secret planet that's orbiting the sun that we kind of find. Planet Is it Planet X, I think? There's a secret planet. Yeah, and some they, of these go a little, try to go a little more sci-fi. Yeah, though well, this one's I mean? very like, sci-fi. Not hard, not hard sci-fi, but like, yeah. But there's a little effects more like in the it aliens where the, and stuff. They yeah. use there's like a scene in uh, Invasion of Astro Monster where um, <clears throat> the astronauts are on this other planet and they're riding like a, a sort of an elevator down from their rocket, hmm. and it's so clearly a miniature. It's a it's yeah. a little. It looks like an action figure. And it's, it's motionless as it rides down the elevator. And my kid looks at me, he's like, couldn't they have just made an elevator? Like yeah. they, they couldn't have made an elevator to put the, the guy on. Cause it's so clear. And then, and then in, um, Ibira or Ibira, I don't, you know, you say it how you want. As I say, mm-hmm. um, there's this one, I don't want to give too much away cause this is a serious plot point, but there are a couple Island natives escaping and they get skewered by a poker. Uh, be, one of Ibira's claws has like a poker. And it's they, they look like these tiny little clay figures that are stuck on I the know. end of it. And it's, but it's wonderful. Like, it's great. Like, you can imagine like. So, some of the, some of the mats and back projection in Ultraman are <laughs> it's, hilarious. It's so where good. it basically looks like Hayata. Yes. He's just laying. There's one, the scene after his ship crashes where it just basically looks like he's laying on a movie set with a potted plant in front of an old television screen of a fire. <laughs> Just extre- extremely bad. Like, like the, not even like back projection, like King Kong level back projection. Now, Son of Godzilla was one okay. that I had always remembered because this is where, now it's not, it's not Godzilla's son. We have to be clear on this. Godzilla oh. is male and does not have any children, but this is described as being- is a eunuch, you're saying? A son of Godzilla's cousin, because there is a there is an ancient dinosaur called the Godzillasaurus. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, which is no, what- No, no, I wasn't, I don't read the trades. That's what Godzilla mutated from because of all the radiation. Okay. And, and so in this one, there is a, ba- a what is a, a baby Godzillasaurus that oh. is born- that is, it, it's so, the, the, co- the, the costume so disturbed my son that he's still talking about it days later, how disturbing it was, how horrible and ugly it was. And I agree. I agree with him. But that creature is called Manila, which is not to be confused with Godzilla Jr., who comes okay. up much later. So don't make that mistake. I won't. I won't. Destroy okay. All Monsters. I have not seen this movie, which originally came out in 1968. I have not seen this since I was a child, but I remember it as being one of the best ones, followed by Mecha, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. And then... Te- and that's where Godzilla's a robot. Well, he fights the robot. And then oh. Terror of Mechagodzilla. And then Godzilla Final Wars, which is 2004, and finally ending with Shin Godzilla 2016. So those are my movie recommendations. They are in the show notes. If you'd like Love to follow it. along and watch... Uh, with me, we are uh, finishing Son of Godzilla. And the way that we do it is we'll watch about half an hour a night. Mm-hmm. So that'll be our sort mm-hmm. of TV time. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So the movies, whatever the movies are, not just Godzilla movies, but all the movies that we watch together are for the most part split up into 30 minute sequences that we'll watch. And then on the weekends, we'll usually watch two mo- two entire movies a day on the weekend. I like this. That's a good way to go. We watched... Um 
my daughter, uh, I usually make my daughter watch movies. She made me watch them. She found out last night I have never seen April and the Extraordinary World all the way through. And we sat down and we watched it. And I'm just here to tell you, wow, what a good movie. April and the Extraordinary World. I'll put it in notes. I also put in notes a movie. I don't know why I put this. Well, I know why I put this in notes, but I have reservations. 1995 movie called The Celluloid Closet. That I think some people consider a little problematic, but it was really big for me at the time. It used to be on HBO all the time. Celluloid Closet, a documentary surveying the various Hollywood screen depictions of homosexuals and the attitudes behind them throughout the history of North American film. Um, and boy, there's just a lot of good reasons to watch this, I feel like. Great, great bunch of people they talked to, including Gore Vidal, who mm. wrote, who was one of the writers on, I believe, Ben-Hur. And, uh, but famously, extremely like he's, well, Quentin Crisp is in it too, who's, who's quite a ball player. But Gore Vidal basically is talking about, they, they, of course they play lines from Ben-Hur and Gore Vidal is like, he just wanted to see how, how far he could get with lines that he would give to poor Charlton Heston and not have any idea how gay what he was saying was. <laughs> Reason I mentioned it here is because <laughs> like, you know, this is, this, this makes text something that's been subtext for years, which is like. You know, if there was the sissies and there was the, you know, the Marlena Dietrichs in a suit and stuff like that, mm -hmm. la la la. Mm -hmm. But like, you didn't get to see gay people on screen, especially like dignified gay people. And so there's always this sort of reading against the grain of being able to sort of project yourself into a character. Anyway, it's, it's not super easy to find, but Cellular Closet, very good. And we'll be back next week to talk more about Shin Godzilla. <laughs> Outside productivity. There you go. I mean, it's this is what the show is about. We're helping. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Helping people. I suppose. Um, other things. What time are we at? So we're at actual twenty six minutes, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Few other little things. Oh God, people are texting me. Okay. Um. 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 Boy, this is going to be the week of stuff we really didn't need to talk about. But we're talking about it anyway. Sometimes you got to clean up the house, you know. I I couldn't agree with you more. I I'm not sure what to call this. But there's a certain genre, because of how I am, there's a certain genre of article that I've become very interested in over the last year. And, you know, certainly like anybody, I doom scroll and read all about the COVID things and the bad things. But the whole genre of um, thinking about what's different now, what's changed, but really saliently, like what's going to change in the future. It's something that's, I mean, just because of how I am, it's something that's come up on every show I do, is a near obsession with... I guess one way to phrase it is what have we learned? Or you could think of it as what have we suffered? But there's this just this whole panoply of different things about the changes we underwent fairly quickly in 2020. Um, the, the, you know, thinking that we're just going to dip into this sort of strange interregnum for a couple of weeks and then bounce back and America will be America again. And I'm just very interested in, in thinking about, I mean, not in the same way somebody tries to figure out how many nits are on the new Mac that hasn't been announced, but in the way of like, I think it's really important to talk about how the world and the United States and even our, our homes may be different for a while or even longer, how work is going to change. And, and further to that, like thinking about the kinds of things that we hope will be different, you know, it's just, it's just this whole long list of topics on reconcilable differences we're going to get to mostly at some point which is what we're calling the pre-postmortem on COVID. Like, what, what have we learned? Like, what is the BS that you miss? Is there BS in life that you miss? And is there BS in life that you would be fine to never have to deal with again? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and again, no shade, no lemonade, but like, do we really need as much middle management as we've had in the past? Do we really need as many people and as many guardrails to tell us where we should be and what we should be doing? Are there kinds of agency we're reluctant to give back Will ladies ever wear heels again? Do we really need all that dry cleaning? Do we really need all that commuting? And maybe sometimes we do. It's going to be, I mean, if anything has been underscored for the United States in the last year, this is such a simple thing to say, but this country's too damn big. You, there's nothing useful that you can really say about America mostly, because there's always a counter uh, or a corollary to everything you say. And really, though, it's a coastline of Scotland problem, because every state is huge. Every city really is huge. Every household is different. Two people in a household can be so different. And like, I don't know, I'm just kind of obsessed with, uh, so getting to the point-ish, I'm very interested in a genre of article uh, or, you know, of journalism that's about these kinds of things. That's about what's, what's changed. That's about, are we really more introverted than we realize? That's about the dread of kind of going back to quote unquote normal. 
And so I just wanted to toss this out. Um, I started, I've been gotten got a renewed interest in playing with uh, the app Pinboard. And so I recently started curating some things. Pinboard. Pinboard. And so I wanted to, so basically it's already in notes. I'm not encouraging you. I'm not flogging this for you to go follow me because they're, I basically post everything private unless I want to make it public. But I want to highlight real quickly four articles, just real quickly. So if you go, this is a pinboard.in. Anyway, it's in notes, whatever. Here's four quickies from the last little uh, while that I wanted to highlight. Um, you know, and these may or may not be for you, but if you think about this stuff like I do, you can find the My COVID uh, bookmark. New York Times article um, that got passed around a lot recently. It's just about like what people missed and what people think about, you know, going forward. And it's mainly just this very impressionistic article with quotes from people. I care much more about being with people who make me feel whole now. The pandemic scraped away all facades we've built around our lives. Um, you know, just, and it's very impressionistic. There's nothing here to like, you know, turn into a master's thesis. My husband quit his job and we moved to his hometown. No one yells every day anymore. I have come to the realization that maybe I deserve to be happy too. I'm very interested in articles like that. So that's called emerging from something, something, tabs too small. Here's another one. This is real basic, but it might be useful to somebody from rewire.org. Uh, this is called how to cope with re-emergence anxiety during COVID. Mm -mm. Uh, advice for safely navigating life in the new normal. Short, might be useful. I really like this one. Uh, this is from really, this is just from three days ago in the Washington Post. I'm vaccinated, but I'm really not ready to leave <laughs> my pandemic cocoon. Uh, Co-signed. Um, so, you know, it uh, might be interesting to some folks. Um, trying to find a good pull quote here. Where was the one? Uh, I know that feeling. Can I still tie a tie? I ask myself after a year of alternating t-shirts and my four open collar quote unquote zoom shirts, a simple question belies a more complicated one. How do I get past my dread of a heavy work travel schedule, in-person meetings, gym workouts, weekends away, even a full slate of social events from dinners to parties to evening events. You know, I know a ton of you don't feel this way. I know a ton of you really feel like you can't wait to get out and do your personal performance again. But, 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 you know, spare a thought for the people like me that really don't want to go back to the way it used to be. I don't want to go back to the world of unnecessary obligation that makes it socially unacceptable for me to have any agency in how I spend my time, um, because that's fine for Merlin. But, you know, if you are the sort of person who shares that with me, check these out. One that I really love, final one, this is from literally yesterday in Vogue magazine. Sorry, but hanging out should take two hours or less. <laughs> Oh, I like that one. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, and like so many of these articles, this is, so this one begins. I have a confession to make. It's been it's been less than a month since I cleared the two week mark of the second Pfizer jab that rendered me CDC approved to hang out with other vaccinated people, and I'm already so socially exhausted that I canceled plans to spend tonight lying motionless under my duvet watching the comeback. Am I looking? <laughs> And I just, I love, I, I love that the Overton window has moved in such a way that we can say these kinds of things out loud now. And at least from my POV, not sound like you're completely out of your mind, you know? Um, so rather than accepting that there's something wrong with my newfound inability to hang, I would like to posit the following. What if our pre-COVID expectations for how long a social event should run were just miscalibrated? Back in the day, I regularly met up with friends for pre-drinks, then actual drinks, then dinner, then dancing, then uh, drunk 4 a.m. cheese fries, all of which culminated <laughs> in me spending the entire next day feeling like I'd just run a 10K across hot coals. Even lower-key hangouts tended to last the entire afternoon and well into the evening, leaving me precious little time to tend to my hobbies of lighting overpriced incense in my, bed incense in my bedroom and staring at Twitter. Yes, yes, and yes. So I'm very interested in these ideas. That's very good. I think <clears throat> it's interesting to me because there are so many people who are feeling that and who have told yeah. me that. It feels or shameful. I've, feels very shameful. Yeah. Articles I've read about it, things like that. And then there's the other people who are like, I just want to get out of here. I just want to go back to everything. And I think there's a very little middle ground, at least from the people that I know about it. There is extremes. One is like, I really want to go back into the world. I can't stand this. And then there's, yeah. I really don't want to Well, go and back. I think one way to, one lens for that, that's a good point, Dan. I think one lens for that is, well, what is the commonality? Well, the commonality is a surprisingly um, intense emotion about a thing. Mm -hmm. It's just that what we have intense emotions about, well, I mean, do we have intense emotions about, I mean, like, for example, I do miss some kinds of what I'm calling BS, but just the, like, the little stuff of life. 
But I mean, I, we already, like I say, we walk to the cafe every morning with masks on and have a relationship with people. Personally, I have no desire to go sit in a building and be in a meeting wearing a mask for six hours. Mm. Personally, I have no desire to go to a restaurant and mostly wear a mask for like a $300 dinner. Right. And then some people say, well, you know, you can take it off when you're eating. No, oh, I don't want to take it off when I'm eating. I don't want to be in there. Y'all are crazy. I'm fully vaccinated. On Saturday, I will be two weeks into having been fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And brother, like, I, I didn't do that for me. I did that for all of you. I did that for the people I don't know. I just don't want to make anybody else sick. And the only way that works is if I don't get sick. Mm -hmm. What do we know about these variants? All these things. Oh, you're being paranoid. Yeah, you know what? I am being paranoid. Because every one of you dinglings who wants to go drink mojitos and yell in each other's face has shown absolutely zero competence at tamping this thing down. And like, I want this done. Donezo. I want it to be totally done. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I really want your, I want, want your fancy, like, you know, a, a flight of Swiss snails restaurant to continue to thrive or whatever. But Jesus Christ, people. <sighs> anyway, anyway, I think it's about intensity of feeling. And sometimes mm -hmm. that intensity of feeling can almost be about a no, which is like, you know what? I don't miss the obligation of having to be somewhere at 7 p.m. Like when we do... There's a live, live-ish event we've been doing for You Look Nice Today a couple times that we'll do more. And it starts at 6.30. And like, if, if I were, 6.30 is when I started taking my nighttime disco nap in the 90s. I never left the house till 11 when I was in my 20s. Mm -hmm. And now today, the idea of having to be somewhere at 6.30 makes me think, oh, I'd rather be home watching the boys, you know? Yeah. I'd rather just be like, I like it. I like being with my family. I like just not having to be obligated to hop from one thing to another. If I manage to do one good thing, but by, by my standards, not yours, but by my standards, if I'm able to do one good thing a day, pound for pound, year over year, I feel so much more productive, effective, efficient than most people will feel in their whole life. If I do one good thing a day, for if I want to do one good thing a day, I can't be doing nine half-assed things a day. When did like, uh, it, when did this change? When do you feel like that changed for you? When you went in from terms of the not wanting to go places or be out at night. And I'm not talking about COVID because I'm not getting no, 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 the impression I that, I, that I, the, kid, the kid part was a big part of it. My lady and I used mm -hmm. to go to like, I mean, we went to rock and well, especially in the early days up through. It's funny. I think of the early days. I think of the 43 folders days. I do have these epochs sort of mentally, but like, I mean, I we my wife and I met at a rock and roll show. Like we used to go to, oh God, it would be very rare if we didn't go to at least a couple rock and roll shows a week, just indie rock shows. Mm -hmm. But also like just going out to dinner, getting drinks, just doing a thing. Like, cause it was fun and you could do it and there was nothing to worry about. I'm not going to pin this on boohoo. We had a kid, right? but guess what? Your priorities get a little bit realigned if you don't know when it, when a, the little person is going to sleep. But I'm old, Dan. Mm -hmm. Gratefully, gratefully, I'm old. And my body needs time. I'm like Logan. You know, if you hit me with a tire <laughs> iron, I'll probably survive, <laughs> but I'm not going to want to go driving anytime soon. Yeah. And I know that. I've accepted that. I know my body needs more time to, to, to not just to heal, but like I just need more downtime. And mm -hmm. if we were all being honest with ourselves, most of us, I think, would, as we get older than 20, would admit you need more you need more runway than you have or you allow mm -hmm. and you need to allow yourself more time and space to like just be without the constant obligation of worrying what you're not doing and the trouble is a lot of the a lot of the most in my opinion this is not very nice but I'm going to say this I think there are a lot of very alpha people out there including women but especially men who are terrified of being alone they're terrified of not being noticed and any amount of time that they're not nearly the center of attention in some public forum or semi-public forum makes them feel very adrift where like that makes me feel, I, I derive energy from that. Mm -hmm. Like I used to be much, I mean, I mean like the truth is like I get a lot of my stimulation and interactivity from my family, from my friends, like in text channels and stuff like that. It's like, like I don't, I don't need to be seen by strangers in order to feel whole, and that's a different thing than fifteen or twenty years ago. For me, yeah, I was going to say for me, I think it in the, in the twenties is when I my twenties when I kind of felt that shift of 
And it doesn't matter if we go out or if we stay in, really. You know, and oh, it'd be nice to see those friends that set that up. They want to do it in two weeks. So cool. Well, you know, we'll have fun. And like it, it went from where can we go? What can we do? How do we how do we go where everyone else is to, yeah, you know, to yeah, the, really the cool stuff's happening like right here where we already are. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not proselytizing. I'm not saying that other people should be broken like me. What I am saying is <laughs> let's let's appreciate that there is a multidimensional spectrum of what makes us feel whole or what provides us energy or what gives us fulfillment. And sometimes repotting a plant can feel really, really good. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. making like a perfect crudite and charcuterie platter while you sit down and rewatch the boys can be a really, a really nice thing. So I, I don't mean to seem like I'm judging. I just feel like sometimes I am... I do have a point of view about this that is by turns seen as either unrealistic or overly privileged or, you know, I, I guess there's all kinds of ways that you could choose to go, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, how can I say, I, I, I'm happy to have been under the cover of COVID to do the sort of things that I've been trying to do in my life for over a decade, which well, is like, to be more, fe- more fearless about saying that my time is valuable. And if you thought your time was valuable, we would both get along better. Well, you're right. And the other thing that I think is we have talked about before is the fact that it might be great now that if people feel sick or think they're sick or are sick, Mm -hmm. that they might put a mask on before they go out. That seems like a thing people might do. But what, what this also kind of forced us to do was to try something that we wouldn't have otherwise tried, which is basically be at home most of the time and be very selective about who we go out with and when we go out. And of course, as soon as the 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 youth uh, are no longer restricted, that will probably go back. But I think for people who are already in their mid late twenties and beyond, that's this is really going to change the scenario. And I also think that there are a lot of people who are who are and will continue to be unsure about being around other people, if for no other reason, not the social reasons and the, and the stuff that we're talking about. I, but, I, I hate to admit it, but I totally agree. We had this know? conversation in my house yesterday. Well, now, what did you guys I, say? I feel, like a, I feel like a nut even thinking that, but I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's going to take me a while to feel real good about being thrust into situations with people that I don't know, especially if I don't know that they fret about some things as much as I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do. No, exactly. And I, I think that there's really going to be, you know, because like right now, you know, you saw the, was it CDC or whoever said, you know, for Easter, they're like, if you're all vaccinated, you can be in a, inside yeah. even in a small group and like, that's okay. But I know people who have had COVID and have had it, you know, a month or two ago who are, I think, supposed to be pretty much immune to it for the most part, even to Mm -hmm. the variants, I think. But like even there, like, well, now I'm not I'm still not comfortable, even though I've had it. I'm still not comfortable going out into the world and uh, and and sitting outside at a restaurant in, you know, with fans blowing with one other person across the table from me. I'm like, well, you're probably the only person who should feel good about that, but they're not, well, I mean, but they're I, not comfortable feels, with I mean, it. like, as long as I'm being insane about this, it, to me, it's <laughs> almost like the, let's say the surgeon general mm-hmm. having to occasionally pop up to like say, okay, now listen, it's okay for you to have a little heroin mm-hmm. if you can handle it. <laughs> just once. I know just that's once. extreme, but right. like given the one year of abject failures that we have seen, show me some successes that we've had that didn't come out of the actual science. Yeah. The successes, we do not have a lot of successes based on how well our any level of our body politic has handled this all the way down to, and you know, I, and it's complicated, it sucks. Yes, I want all the bars to survive. I want I want all the things. But like, you know, when we, we were in World War II, we didn't say, okay, well, it's sometimes to just go steal, it's okay sometimes to steal somebody else's gas and food rationing coupons and nylons. You say, no, like we're all, we're in this together. We all need to be even more conservative than we think we need to be. Cause that is the, forgive my saying the patriotic thing to do. Mm-hmm. If you want this to end, you've got to step, you know what? I'm sorry. We're talking too much about this. I agree with you, Dan. We were talking about it yesterday. We went to pick up dinner at a takeout place and, um, 
and we were just, I, I said, like, I said to my wife, like, I have, I have something shameful that I think about a lot. One of the shameful things is that, yeah, there are elements of this that I don't hate for sure. But the other shameful part of this is I, as I stand here today, April 13th, I don't know how soon I'm going to feel really great about even the social stuff aside about just being cast back into a situation where, you know, you just go to a movie theater to see a movie you don't really want to see with a bunch of people you don't really want to see it with paying money. You don't really want to pay to have your, your feet stick to the floor in a way you would really prefer it not to stick to the floor. (laughs) All of that out of some obligation. Oh, and by the way, how are we doing with those variants? And it's like, even though I have, as people like to say, the jab, you know, I'm a few days out from theoretically being done with this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop wearing a mask. People need to see me wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, we, <laughs> we brush our teeth for ourselves, not others. We wear a mask for others as well as ourselves. But we'll be back to talk more about Shin Godzilla for sure. Oh yeah. Ugh. People. Uh, we got time for probably like one more topic, right? Yeah, I do kind of want to follow up a little bit on the Kindle follow thing because I know it's your that, show. Do it. I know the Kindle Markdown. thing is it about Markdown or keyboards. What is is it? like Kindling, Kindle, and and keyboards. We could do we could do the keyboard thing as a last uh, a last thing. All right. All um, right. But mm-hmm. I um, so I I got this Kindle and I've been reading a lot of stuff on it and I asked on the show uh, if people could. You know, if there if there was anyone who had little tips or other things like that, and if you remember, I complained a little bit about the slow wake up time, and apparently there is a setting where you can essentially turn off. I I couldn't I couldn't walk you through it, but it's in settings somewhere. You can find it if you really if you really looked. Um, this is the thing. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm responding to my texting people. This is the thing that was frustrating you last week is you felt like it took longer than it should to go from ad on Dan's screen to back to the last page you bookmarked. Yeah, because if I'm if I'm reading a book and yeah, yeah I, I need to explain uh, it. It totally makes sense. But you you have it a, was a slow. It's slow to that. wake up. Slow to wake yes, up. So yes. uh, my theory was if I pay for the twenty dollars, if I pay the twenty dollars to remove the ads, that it that would take away one of the steps, and that's true. It would, but one of our listeners and I apologize, maybe they, you know what, you know what, hold on. No, it's worth it because this is a really good tip and it was in there and it's him clicking and the page Mm. is, is low. By the way, I just want to say my mom doesn't listen to the show, but she does this Mm. all the time now, all the time. now. Whenever I call her, she says, we'll we'll be edit. I'm clicking. Yeah. We'll be talking about something. We'll just be having a conversation. (laughs) And then, uh, and then in the middle, what's that? Like what? She's like, I clicked. Hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm. This there's a window here. What is okay. that doing here? Why I didn't did I open that? I'm like, mom, what are you oh, doing? Boy. She's like, oh, hold on. If I click here, just so you know, mom, I can't see what you're talking about. Right and, now. and I just and I used to say <laughs> I used to say that, and now I just I just chill. I just like this is an opportunity for me to take uh-huh. a sip of my drink uh-huh. or meditate for uh-huh. a minute or <laughs> oh, uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, you were getting into that mode. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. She did, huh? Uh huh. Uh huh. Where is this message? Somebody sent me a message explaining to me how to do it. I can't see it now, but basically you can take it out. There's a mode that the Kindle has on by default where it okay. will be in essentially, it'll go into like a, what what I would call a deep sleep mode where uh-huh. it is um, essentially almost powered down and it has to really wake up. But at the expense of battery life, you can put it into a mode where it doesn't do that. And yes, it will use a lot more battery <clears throat> faster. Oh, this is primarily a thing to... But it wakes it up right away. It wakes up right away. I get it. Okay, okay. So I don't remember. I can't walk anyone through that right now because I can't find the message. But thanks to the listener who told me about that. I have not enabled it. I'm still still doing it the old way. But here's another thing that I love about this uh, Kindle thing is you can be looking around on Amazon. You can find a book. You can get the Kindle version of the book. You can send the sample to your Kindle and then read the sample. And I feel like... That is like the, I mean, I remembered that from when I used to own a Kindle and everyone who has a Kindle is like, uh, duh, of course you can do that. I'm not introducing this as a concept to people that w- that's supposed to blow them away. What I'm saying is I read a lot of samples now. I'm reading like dozens of samples and it's, it, it, it's only occasionally where I'm like, I actually want to get the rest of the book. You just, yeah, I had two tips today <laughs> and you just hoisted one of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> tip number one was always get the sample. Yeah, first. it's There's great. So many reasons to always get the sample first. Uh, that include, let's take one that's real obscure and, and Merlin centric. Uh, the way it's formatted and the way that it looks. Is it, can you read this? You'd be amazed how many books that work so well in a trade paperback just don't work as an ebook. Mm. There are certain kinds of books, especially in the self help genre, where have you ever seen the kind of book where there's like, um, what, what would you call it? Like, um, not a, a side rail, but where there's like a feature where it's like, oh, here's a here's a case study of the thing that I'm talking about for two pages. Mm-hmm. If you do that on a Kindle, your book stops for two or three pages and then picks up after that section because it only has a sense of top to bottom. It does not have a sense of side. That, that sounds dumb, so frustrating. Is it fully justified versus ragged right? I don't want to pay a lot of money to buy a fully justified book. That's that's garbage. But here's other reasons. Guess what? You've got it on there. You got it on there. Instead of thinking about adding it to a list, this is a very David Allen thing. Just say send this to send the sample to my Kindle and then it'll be on there. Now, here's another thing. This is this is maybe maybe more the Dan part of this. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed how many books, like I said last week, the length of the excerpt really varies a lot in terms of length and usefulness. If it's just the preface to the 35th edition, that's not going to be that useful. But here's one way to look at it. This doesn't seem very nice to say, but if you get the sample and you just really hate the book <laughs> before you even get to the end of the sample, that was really useful. But if you get to the, if you get the sample, you read to the end of the sample and you're loving it, guess what? All you got to do is hit a button and you just bought it. You know what I'm saying? It just yes. it makes tons of sense for lots of reasons beyond being a cheapskate. But um, I I agree with you. Have you bought? Have you ended up buying anything that you got a sample of yet? Yeah, um, a couple a couple of different books, and I've been reading so many books on this thing compared to before I got it. So that's a testament to the how much I like it. I guess you would say mm-hmm. is because I had really I had not been reading non-work related stuff very much for a while. And I always felt a little bit bad about it. Hmm. And, um, you know, I, I have been reading a lot more and making time to read just because it is so convenient and easy. And I actually have like two different books going at the same time, like a crazy person. And it's, it's really cool. Like it's really cool. So the fact um, that it sinks and you got those bookmarks everywhere. And there were I mean, people who were very upset, Merlin, at you for yes. reading uh, on on your iPad. They're very they're angry at you. They don't think that's the way you should do it. You're that's doing fair. you're doing it wrong. Uh huh. Um, should, should I should be reading it on my actual Kindle? Yeah, don't read it on you. Don't the idea that you're okay. reading on an iPad is bad. Don't do that. Right, especially comics. Yeah, those <laughs> look so good. I think comics are the exception to everything, and I think they're better. I think I think comics are better on an iPad than in on paper. What do you think of that? Um, what do you think of that? It depends on the paper. It depends on the paper because, um, for example, like it's from a collector's collector's standpoint, it's nice to have the omnibus edition of something. Um, meaning, so like you think about there's floppies, like there's single issues. Single issues tend to get collected eventually into a trade paperback of four to six issues, sometimes more. Then those can get bigger. So like you could get like, I've got a saga trade paperback that's probably two or three inches thick. Um, but that's not fun to read. Omnibus editions, to me, not fun to read. Even If I'm being honest, even like hardcover collections in general are just not that fun to read. A floppy comic is the best way to read a comic if you've got glasses and lots of light. Mm-hmm. But with that said, yeah, I agree with you. The um, There's all kinds of ways. And I'll, I'm gonna, my second tip, which you so far have not hoisted, is going to involve this which is like the kinds of things that you can get and have on your iPad, like comics. And I find it, there's all kinds of things where like one is Marvel Unlimited. Like it almost, you know, check with your lawyer, ask your doctor if Marvel Unlimited is right for you. But my sense is that almost every Marvel comic that's older than six months, you can get from Marvel Unlimited for, I think, $10 a month. Mm. Like that's wild. You can just go and read all of the things. And it's a, it's not a terrible app. Can I just drop this and be done with it? There's something you can get that I think most of you should probably consider. Now, before you consider this, ask yourself how you, how you use your Kindle or similar. But there's a thing called Kindle Unlimited that I think is pretty impressive. Um, so Kindle Unlimited, you pay, I believe it's $9.99 a month, 10 bucks a month. 
And it's just a whole bunch of stuff on Kindle Unlimited that you essentially kind of check out. Like all the Harry Potter books, I think all the Hunger Games book, but there's a lot of stuff. There's magazines on there. And you basically, I don't say borrow, but you have a number of slots, cantrips, no, spell, spell slots. You've got a certain number of slots of things you can have what I'm calling checked out. And for that $10 a month, you just go get the book. And then when you're done, you get the next book. But like stuff like Umbrella Academy is on there. Like there's so many comics on there. There's tons of Star Trek comics. Um, and for $10 a month, if you're going to use it, that's the key part. You have to start remembering to search Kindle Unlimited before you buy stuff. But if you go, I put it in show notes, go check out Kindle Unlimited because it is $10 a month, but I think there's some pretty good stuff in there. Um, but having that alongside something like the app called Libby, which allows you to check out stuff, electronic books from your library, like there's just so much you can do with your Kindle or similar. Or your Nook. <laughs> um, yeah, the Nook. I, yeah. I, I still... I'm looking, I can't, I can't justify, I could, I probably could justify it at this point because I'm, how much I'm liking this, but I'm not, I'm not going to get an Oasis until I feel like I, like something horrible happens to the Kindle or something and I need the paper white and I need to get it, but it is clearly better. It is better. And I, I should have gotten it, but that's all right. I'm still very happy with this. I like the Good. little case and I find that, um, I, uh, there, and you know, there's magnets on the back of the case. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of stick it to magnetic things hmm. a little bit if you if you put I it. I find it's that level. Those things tend to be that level of magnet that mainly just is annoying, where it picks up paper clips from the desk. Yeah, it'll just like slide that. down a metal surface, but it just can, move a thing enough mm -hmm. to spill a drink. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. Okay. So that's the name of that tune, and then we'll be we'll be back next week. Go check out our list of movies if you want. I I, I won't know one way or another. But you could check out some movies. I would say go watch uh, Dirty Ho from 1979 with the great Gordon Liu. You guys don't believe me, but you're going to watch this movie and you're just going to be like, what the hell did I just watch? This is so amazing. Even if you think you like kung fu movies, like this is a different kind of kung fu movie. Now, Dan, you probably didn't watch those YouTube videos I sent you last week. But if anybody watched those videos, and you know what? I'm going to write a note here to put them back in. I'm going to put in more Dirty Ho just for you guys. Do it. Check out Dirty Ho. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do and it. then next week, I think we might have mentioned, we'll be back to talk more about Shin Godzilla. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you want to, now, now let me ask you this. Having just watched the Shin Godzilla, huh? do you feel what? that if someone has not seen one of the classic Godzilla films right, and maybe has or has not seen what I'll call the new generation of Godzilla films, the ones like the Godzilla, uh, King Kong. Kong versus Godzilla and the other ones, if they're just kind of coming into this cold, is that a good place for them to start? Does it, does it accurately? Well, on the one hand, 5,000%, yes. I mean, inarguably more than any other movie, any other movie in the franchise. Like, yeah, it's totally, it's a, if you like a reboot, it's a reimagining re of the Godzilla idea. What I will say though, is if you don't, if you think you might be 100% allergic to these kinds of movies and you don't currently own Shin Godzilla, I'm not here to say, go buy it today and watch it. If you find movies like this to be too sophomoric or whatever, but if you if your if your heart is open, I'm just here to tell you like I, this was way more stylish and interesting from a production standpoint than I expected, and from a content standpoint, I don't know. I thought this was an interesting Godzilla. It goes places. Okay. Um, I need to watch it like super. I need got to watch the WeWork documentary for the third time tonight for the challenge. I on keep by Friday. I but, like that movie. That's a that's a oh, very a good movie. doc. Very good. Yeah, doc. But I, I don't know if I need to watch it three times, but. Um, Shalom. And I'm going to watch that, but, um, I need to watch Shin Godzilla more carefully. I did kind of have it on in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but I liked it. And at first I was like, why is he crawling around? And it's like, Ooh, <laughs> you'll see. Mm -hmm, all right. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shin Godzilla. We'll, talk, we'll, yeah. we'll be back next week to talk more about Shin Godzilla. Yes, we sure. will. We will. Dan, let's mm. button this up. All right. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. Mm -hmm.